You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Answered. So if you're not from Ireland or you're kind of new here, uh, that's probably one of the most famous love songs in contemporary Ireland. So much so that those guys won an Oscar um, just a couple of years ago for that love song. And I wanted to have a contemporary Irish love song from our culture because we're right in the season of celebrating love and celebrating relationships and all of that. So I want to begin by welcoming Cafe Church. Good to have you with us. And you may or may not be aware, today is Cafe Church's one-year-old. Will we give them a round of applause? So they're one-year-old. Last Sunday, there were about 100 people went to Cafe Church. So we're really delighted the way it's going and how God is blessing or other congregations, so we offered the four choices on a Sunday. So today we're going to look at, or I'm going to look at relationships. You can throw the slides up there now. And today's um, sermon or message is called It Must Be Love. But I want to put in a few health warnings to begin with. First health warning, not everybody has to be in a relationship. Some people can be quite comfortable in life, and God can bless them, and they can remain celibate. Would anyone say amen? Amen. Okay, not everyone is 100% certain. Not forced celibacy, a choice. So we just want to celebrate that, and I want to say that because when you can go to a church sometimes and they're talking about relationships, it's like the married people are up here on a pedestal, and then the people whose marriages didn't work out, or the people who didn't get married, or even those whose husbands or wives died, are kind of like second-class citizens. And that's not the Jesus I know. Would anyone say amen? Amen. He loves us all equally, whether we're a couple or we're single. And God has a future for everyone. And what I want to do today, while I am looking romantic at relationships romantically, in my opinion and my conviction, is that... What we can learn about relationships goes beyond romantic relationships. So we can look at relationships within our family, with our good friends. Of course, it's not going to be as deep or as close as a married relationship, but we can learn a lot. So if you're not married, you're not in an ongoing uh, romantic relationship, please don't switch off because today is as much for you as everyone else. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It must be love. Let me tell you about the real Valentine. So we know that there is a fictitious St. Patrick, the guy who got rid of snakes, and that's just an old silly thing. But there was a real St. Patrick 
who was a believer. Equally, we know Christmas time can get lost in tinsel and Christmas trees, but there is a very profound and real narrative about Christmas. And it's the same with Easter. Easter can be all about chocolate eggs, but actually behind it all is the most wonderful Christian message of Jesus rising from the dead. And it's the same with Valentine's Day. It began with something powerfully Christian. Someone who history would suggest was very definitely someone who had a personal faith in Jesus Christ. So the real Valentine was a Christian in the 200s. He was, sorry, I don't know what happened to that. He was from Italy, and we know that he was a real Christian. Do you know why? Because he was arrested for being a Christian. He was imprisoned for being a Christian. And history suggests that he ended up becoming a martyr. He lost his life for being a Christian. But while he was in prison, the jailer who gave him a hard time, it turned out the jailer's daughter was blind. And Valentine was moved by the love of God and prayed that the girl would receive her sight. And history suggests that she was healed. Hallelujah. And as a result of that, he sent her a type of a card or a a written memo, whatever it was, signed Valentine. And apparently the people in, uh, I think it was in Rome, were so impressed with this genuine love that word got out and people said, this is real love. So all the smulchy stuff with the red hearts and the roses, it has a Christian root. And so much of what our culture celebrates today has a very biblical root or else it has a root in someone who was moved by what the Bible said and by what Jesus can do in our lives. So I just want to reclaim Valentine's Day. I want to do it this morning, and I want to do it on Tuesday night, and look at two different aspects of it. So today's a little bit more of a teaching than a preaching, but I do want to just share something I think prophetic the Lord gave me as well at the end. Let me just run through some things that some of you may know and some of you may not know. We know that the English word love is a poor word because it covers everything. But in Old Greek, ancient Greek, which the New Testament was written in, there are actually four words for love. Eros is the sexual love. Storge is family love. Filio is friendship or brotherly love. And then agape is self-sacrificing love, the deepest love of all. And so when we look at the New Testament, it actually, if you look at the Greek, it actually gives you the different things. So when some guy comes up to a girl in a nightclub that he just saw and he goes, I love you, baby. He's actually saying, I eros you. He doesn't filio her. He doesn't agape her. He doesn't know anything. So he's saying, I eros you. So really, As Christians, we should try and get our heads around the fact that the Bible recognizes different kinds of love. And the type of love, let's say, uh, a mother or a father has for a child is going to be different from the type of love two very good friends have for one another. And then this agape love. Do you know the English word agony, agony, actually comes from agape. 
It's agape is a self-sacrificing love. It's a deep love. It's the deepest of all. It's where you go beyond your emotions. You see, love is not just a feeling. Love is a choice. Does anyone agree with that? It's a choice. So you choose to love someone. And today, we live in a culture where people just, you know, Josie was talking about the people who lose their faith and people just weave in and out of relationships. I mean, with, with millennials now, it's friends with benefits. There's just no concept of commitment. And people don't stay in jobs, they don't stay in marriages, they don't stay in churches, they don't stay with anything. They're just wandering around. And yet the Bible talks about those who wander around. The first person we read who did that was Cain. And that was a curse. So if someone doesn't have committed relationships in our lives, you and I were designed to have long-term friendships, long-term relationships, and our marriages were meant to be long-term. Now, I know some marriages don't work out. No judgment, just love. Amen? Some of the hard men are looking at me like that. Sometimes marriages don't work out, and I'm not here to beat anyone up. So if you're divorced, don't think we're here to beat you up. We're here to encourage you and nourish you and see you move on in the Lord. But by and large, our marriages were meant to be long-lasting. So these are four words. Let me give you one other scripture, Amos 3.3. How can two walk together unless they agree? We have to be going in the same direction. That's why the Bible always encourages a Christian to marry another Christian. Some of us don't like that too much. And it does. You know why? If we actually step back, it makes choice. Because if one is a Christian and one isn't a, a Christian, the non-Christian will want to live life one way and the Christian will want to live life another way and you end up pulling in different directions. Now, that doesn't mean you give up your marriage if your partner isn't a Christian. I'm not saying that. But if you're making a choice at the beginning, choose someone who'll walk with you. And whether it's rearing children or for ourselves, we need to be going in the same direction. This goes right across the way. This goes into business partnerships as well. If you go into partnership with someone in a business and one guy wants to go one way, another, another way, a house divided against itself cannot stand. It's the same in churches, really. While we'll all have our own various opinions, but broadly speaking, church needs to be going in a certain direction and we need to... Especially the leaders need to agree in that. And so we have to be together, but most importantly of all, in marriage, in relationships, and in friendships, we need to be walking together. I want to read from the scripture, the well-known uh, portion of scripture that we hear at a lot of weddings. It's 1 Corinthians 13. If you haven't been at a wedding recently, you may not have heard it, but just look at some of these verses because it's really the definition of real love. And I love the fact that it is sandwiched in the middle of something very interesting. A sandwich is two pieces of bread and filling in the middle. 1 Corinthians 12 is about the gifts of the Spirit, the power of God, the supernatural. And 1 Corinthians 14, the chapter after it, is also about the supernatural gifts. And then sandwiched in the middle, it's all about love. 
that's not an accident. So when Paul, the writer, was guided by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Lord wanted you and me 2,000 years later, when we read about the power of God, that we see at the heart of it the love of God as well, and how we are called to love one another. So I'm just going to read it out. This is from mainly the message version. It's kind of a contemporary, modern, the language we speak on the street. Real love never gives up. Real love cares for others more than self. It doesn't get jealous or strut or have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It's not always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep scores or make others grovel. It looks for the best. It never looks back. And it keeps going to the end. Hallelujah. That's real love. That's real love. And I love the, the English that it's using here because it's kind of what we'd speak about here. I mean, if you're married to someone or you're in a relationship with someone who struts around and looks down their nose at you, that's not a good relationship. So it's using words that we can understand. So let me just very briefly, in the time I have, just maybe unpack a few of these important concepts. Here, it's telling us what love is not, and it's also telling us what love really is. So love is not jealous, boastful, proud, rude, selfish, quick-tempered, hold a grudge. You see, if you see somebody on the telly and they're being rude and everybody is shocked, you can have a laugh at it. It doesn't impact you or me. It's just something funny on the TV. But if your husband or wife your boyfriend or girlfriend, or even a very good friend, is rude to you, that's taking away your dignity. You have an inherent dignity as a human being, and you deserve courtesy. And as a Christian, you are a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. And you deserve respect and courtesy. So if somebody is rude in a relationship... It's very selfish on their part, and it's very hurtful on the part of the other partner. I'm just going to look at the first and the last of this list. I don't have time to go through it all. But what love is not? And the first one in the list here is, love is not jealous. Sometimes it uses the word envy. And in my opinion, if jealousy gets in, let's say, to a marriage... If the husband is jealous of the wife, or the wife is jealous of the husband, it can become a bit like cancer within a marriage relationship. It's the same anywhere. Let's say, let's move it out of marriage. Let's say Michael and myself, as pastors here in the church, let's say we were jealous of each other. I'm jealous because Michael can play the guitar and I can't. He's jealous because I'm better looking, you know, something like that. <laughs> it's my physique. <laughs> anyway, let's say, for argument's sake, he and I are jealous of one another. You're not going to want to come into a church where there are, say, two pastors, and they're jealous of each other. Because all of our energy and our thought and our time will be trying to undermine the other guy 
because we feel insecure because he's better at something and we'll try and undermine them. So you coming into a church with that dynamic, it's like coming into a toxic atmosphere. It's not building anyone up. It's tearing people down. No, that's just in a church. Can you imagine in a marriage if the husband and wife and there's a competition between the two? What you end up with is the husband trying to undermine the wife, the wife trying to undermine the husband. And just imagine the kids growing up in that dynamic. And I'm not pointing at anyone. I don't know people's marriages here like that. But what I will say is, real love, biblical love, won't allow itself to get jealous. It is a cancer. And when we look across the Bible... We can see anywhere jealousy crept in. And this is for all relationships. This is within families. Anywhere jealousy crept in, in a relationship, it destroyed it. So, very briefly, it was jealousy murdered Abel. It was jealousy enslaved Joseph. It was jealousy, Matthew 27 says, had Jesus crucified. Now, I know there's other things, but jealousy was the cord. The Jews were jealous of Jesus. Cain was jealous of his brother Abel, and so he murdered him. We might not murder people, but people will murder or kill your good name. I hear it all the time in work environments. People try and undermine someone at work because they feel threatened by them. So Abel was murdered by his brother Cain. Joseph's brothers were so jealous of him, he ended up being sold into slavery, Genesis 27. And the Jews were jealous of Jesus. Why? Because his ministry was successful. Here's what's scary. I'm constantly reading stuff and I get stuff in the poster and email. And it's people whose whole ministry is tearing down other people's ministry. All they ever do is attack others. Anybody who's successful... I was reading something recently about someone I think has done a fantastic work, and that's, his name is Brian Houston, comes from New Zealand. He started a ministry called Hillsong. We use a lot of their songs. It's a great movement. They've got churches all over the world, thousands of people coming to know the Lord and being built up. And yet some people whose ministries have failed, instead of maybe learning something, just turn their hearts and their anger and attack someone who's successful. Always be wary of those who delight in attacking others. There's something very wrong. Because you know what? They'll attack you then. You might go, <laughs> do you know I thought there was something funny there. And I'm not talking about having an honest discernment. Some things are just a bit off. I'm not talking about not doing that. But if you're hanging around with someone who is always attacking him and her and him and her, I promise you they'll attack you. They'll, they'll try and destroy your good name. So just be careful. Jealousy in a marriage, jealousy in friendship, jealousy in a church is a terrible thing. Let's put jealousy to death. Let's get our self-esteem from the Lord. God has created you or me the way we are. God has given Michael gifts I don't have. He's given me gifts Michael may not have. He's given Denise loads of gifts I don't have. But he's given me way more than Denise, isn't that right? <laughs> I jest. But there's a point there. Jealousy is a killer. Another one is holding 
a grudge. Real love doesn't hold a grudge. I've got a photograph here uh, for the guys in Cafe Church or for your listening on podcast of a guy with post-its all over his body. I worked with a man years ago and I remember these yellow post-its, you know those little things? They had just kind of come out and he thought it was a great invention and he was always giving out to me about his wife. And he had bought a packet of post-its and where we worked over in the south side, anytime his wife said something he didn't like, anytime she disagreed with him, anytime anything negative happened at home, he would write it down in a post-it and he would put it up in where we worked, in the store where we worked, at the back where our, our desks were. And he had all these memories. And I remember him writing one day and I said, and he wrote, she, I can't, I'm trying to remember now what he wrote in the post-it, but it was something like, she won't put on her safety belt, you know? And I said, what, what, what's that about? He said, do you know what my wife does when I drive the car? She sits in the seat and she puts her hand against the front and she won't put on her safety belt and she's just waiting for me to crash. And so he wrote that on a post-it. The man was driven by holding grudges. And it wasn't just in his marriage. Anyone in work who he felt didn't show him enough respect, he kept that. No relationship will ever stand if we hold a grudge. And maybe I'm speaking prophetically to someone today by saying, you know what, guys, let the grudge go, particularly in our marriages. Because just as much you may have a, a right to hold on to a grudge, so does your partner. Because you've done stuff wrong, I've done stuff wrong. Real love doesn't hold a grudge. I like a kind of a contemporary way of this. Real love puts away the hurts of the past instead of clinging to them. Were you hurt in the past by your husband or wife? Were you hurt in the past by a friend or a member of your family? Let's broaden it to all our relationships. Put it away. Be a big boy. Be a big girl and move on. Would anyone say amen? It's the best thing for you not to mind the other person. So these are some negatives that love isn't, real love isn't. And then we've got the positives, or love's action words. Look at this wonderful, wonderful list. Love is patient, it's kind, it's protecting, it's trusting, it's hopeful, it's long-term. I can always remember Denise and myself decided we would have a romantic weekend in Paris. It was springtime. It was coming towards the end of April. And we said, isn't there a song, Springtime in Paris or something? Is there, Marianne? There is, you know that, yeah, Marianne is from Paris. Anyway, we decided we'd have a romantic weekend in Paris. Denise happened to be over there with work a few days before. So Denise was going to stay there, and I was joining her. And this isn't the day before mobile phones and online. But anyway, we got the... Um, so Denise was booked into the hotel. I can't remember the name of it, but it was um, a famous hotel in Paris. And so I flew over from Cork a few days after Denise, and we said we'd meet in the lobby. And I arrived off the plane, and it was springtime, and it was Paris. It was so romantic. And I was really looking forward to seeing my wife, who I hadn't seen for most of the week. We sold the children to a white slave trader or something. 
they were gone. And it was going to be just me and Denise. And so I was in Charles de Gaulle Airport. And I got a taxi, and I gave the taxi driver the name of the hotel. You know what's coming, don't you? I gave the taxi driver the name of the hotel, and he said, he was actually very rude. A lot of Parisians are kind of rude, aren't they? You're not rude now, Marianne, but a lot of Parisians are. Anyway, he was kind of a rude man, and I gave him the address I had it written out, and he grabbed it off me. Anyway, he drove me there, he dropped me off, and I went into the hotel, and I sat in the lobby, and I was waiting. <clears throat> And I was waiting. See the first one? Love is patient. And I was waiting. And there was no sign of Denise. Now, all we do today is send a text or go on WhatsApp. But what I had to do was go up to the receptionist. And I said, do you have Denise Burke staying here? And she says, no, 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 we don't. I said, are you sure? She's been here all week. And I remember her. She looked back at me and she leaned on. She went, I have never heard of her. <laughs> I said, springtime in bloody Paris. <laughs> so I started getting kind of a bit agitated, but love is patient. And I made myself patient. And then the rotten receptionist said, maybe she is in our other hotel. And I said, what's the other hotel? This is the east side. Is it east and west or north and south? I can't remember. Anyway, there was two. Anyway, she said, this is the one for the east of Paris. Maybe she isn't the one for the west of Paris. And I said, okay. So she gave me the name of the other one. So I called a taxi, went over to the other one. And guess who was sitting in the lobby of the other hotel? <laughs> That's right, Antonio. <laughs> and I was going to tear into Denise and going, why didn't you tell me there's two hotels in the city? But love is kind. <laughs> and I didn't exercise my right with Denise's poor communication. Because <laughs> love is long term. You know what? If we want our marriages, our relationships, our friendships to last long term, we've got to be intentional. And when little things like this, because it's always the little things, the little things kick in, and then that's when emotions kick in and we can lose the cool. So if we want our relationships to be long-term. We let things like this go. Because you know what? There was nothing intentional in it. Denise wasn't, didn't kind of say, I'm going to get him to go to the other one. <laughs> I'm going to get my backs. There was nothing like that. She just wasn't organized, you know, that's all. Am I going to get any dinner today when I go home? <laughs> oh no! Oh, I've only started! <laughs> we did, and we had a beautiful weekend, and it really was springtime in Paris. And we went to the Eiffel Tower, and we had coffee, um, in all lovely places, and uh, we up the Champs-Élysées, it was beautiful, and we had a lovely weekend. But two are meant to walk together, and if one is over on the east side and one is over on the west side, you're not walking together, Denise! <laughs> 
But love is an action. Love is a choice. Love is intentional. That's what real love is. I like what T.D. Jakes, this great preacher from the Potter's House in America, says. He says, sorry, love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. It's not just a strong feeling. It's a decision, a determination, a promise. Love, real love, goes deeper than our emotions. And we're all emotional. You might say, no, no, I'm not emotional. I'm more thinking. And I could probably say that about myself. But no matter how thinking you are or you aren't, we still have emotions. And emotions kick into it in our relationships, in our marriages, in our friendships. So agape love, the deepest love, the love God has for us, goes beyond an emotion. It's a choice. It's something deep. It's no matter what, I'm for you. I marry a lot of people and always in the vows, whether it's in a contemporary way or in a classical way, the couple will say to one another, for better, for richer. It goes both ways. That's not saying there's sometimes when the other person just is beyond the beyond, especially when you're dealing with someone who is unfaithful or you're dealing with an addiction. I know all that. But basically, love is meant to be long-term. Marriages are meant to be long-term. And you know what? If possible, friendships are meant to be long-term. Amen? They're meant to be long-term. We all need friends in our lives. I'm not talking about romantic. I'm talking about good friends who are for you, not against you, who are the second opinion and stuff if you ask them. You can bounce things off, who, who will know you to the core of your being and will stand with you. And even though you're going through something or you snap at them, they'll know that deep down you're a good guy, you're a good girl, and they'll know that. So love is a choice and it is deeper. Let me finish with John, 1 John chapter 4, and uh, I just love this because it's just the, I suppose, the um, epitome of what real love is. Love each other, John says, because love comes from God. If you love God, then it's inevitable you'll also love people. If anyone says they love God and they don't love others, they don't love God. They're only mouthing it off. If someone is just on their own with Jesus and they have no time for men and women, that's not real love of God. The real love of God will mean that the love of God will flow out of us. So the closer you and I get to the Lord, we experience his love. Josie was talking about the presence of God. I was lost there during the worship. I have no idea what was going on. I just sensed God's presence. It was like he was standing right in front of me as we were worshiping. And you know, when you sense God's love like that, it's very hard to come away from that and then attack someone and say, who do you think you are? And be bitter or angry about someone. If we want our marriages to succeed, if we want our friendships to be blessed, let's draw closer to Jesus Christ and we'll sense God's love. And that love will be, as the old King James put it, shed abroad in our hearts. And then we lose that love back. It's just inevitable that if you love God, you will love your husband or your wife. You will love other people. All health warnings aside, but you will, I will, we will. So what we're going to do today, just doing a couple of things. We're going to pray for everyone who is either married 
or love someone. Whether that's a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, a mum, a dad. I think everybody here loves somebody. And so we're going to pray. Yes, marriage is the closest and we're going to pray for that. But we're going to pray for everyone who loves someone. And because we love you, we've got beautiful little gifts. And we're going to give them away for free. And they're love hearts. And we're going to say, take one of these and give it to someone you love. Husband or wife, give it to your husband or wife. If, you're, uh, if you've got a brother, a sister, a son, dads, give it to your daughters. Mothers, give it to your sons, your grandsons. Give it to your mum or dad, whoever needs it. We're not going to separate people whether you're married or not. And, but we do want to pray that you and I, in our relationships, that God would bless us. We're going to take what's in our culture, the whole Valentine's thing, celebrate the fact that it probably came from a Bible-believing Christian who loved the Lord, and pray that God will bless and protect our relationships. It's very simple. And then I want to share one prophetic word. But guys, our worship team, could you come up? We're going to sing this beautiful song about how the Lord is jealous for us. Lovers get jealous in a good way as well. We want their love, we want their attention, we want their affection. But God is jealous for us too. It's all about our heart and his. So if we could throw up the words of the song, Osiah, thank you. Here's my heart, Lord. Could we stand? We're going to sing this. We've got a little bit of time. And then we're going to pray. Let's connect to the Lord. He is my heart, Lord. He is my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord.
had a vision the last few days of somebody standing on a pedestrian bridge looking down on a motorway or a dual carriageway and all the traffic was heading fast and this person was on the pedestrian bridge looking down feeling left behind I feel the Lord is saying there are some here and it's like everyone else is getting on with their relationships and you've got a sense of being left behind what I saw in this vision was Jesus Christ walking up the steps of that pedestrian bridge and taking you away from it it's like the Lord is saying you've stood there long enough looking at others going on come with me you've got a new day for your life and the Lord wants to move you on and bring you on so I'm just going to ask that we'd all close our eyes if you've had that sense that you've been left behind you looking at everyone else getting on with their relationships and you want I'm going to pray that you would encounter Jesus this morning and that he would bring you away from that place so that you too can move forward with every eye in the house closed if that's you could you lift up your hand okay 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 I think we've got five or six people put up their hands I'm just going to pray now just where you stand we thank you Lord Jesus that you love everyone equally whether we're married or single whether we've been divorced or we were never married whether our partner has died whether we're young or old male or female I pray now by your Holy Spirit Lord you would move in each of those five people and that you would encounter them today and they would encounter you and we pray Lord that you would bring them away from that place of feeling left behind and Jesus that you would build them up in their most holy faith and that you would open the doors of opportunity for love for real decent Christian love thank you Jesus you place the lonely in families and we pray those who are lonely among us today would now come into a season and a time of connecting of friendship of relationship and of love for each of those five people in Jesus name and everyone said now we want to pray for anyone who is married dating love someone in your family any relationship that you have someone that you really love you might be on your own and they mightn't be here it doesn't matter but if you are a couple or there's someone you care about I just invite you to come to the top as we sing the song and we're going to pray for all our friendships our relationships together praise God let's sing it here's my heart Lord up you come here's my heart Lord here's my heart Lord here's my heart Lord speak what is true Here's my heart, Lord. 
to pray for those who are married here first. Denise, you're married to me. Would you come up and stand next to me? If anyone has got a partner up here, would you come up and stand with them? Marion, go to John. Eric and Terry, you got to stand next to each other. Just praying for those who are married. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray you would bless our marriages. We pray you would protect our marriages. And I just feel stirred. Would you frustrate the plans of the devil in our marriage? We ask you, Lord, that we would be kind and long-term and patient and sensitive and be upbuilding to our partners. And we pray none of us would fall into the traps of being jealous or selfish or rude. Bless and keep our marriages in Jesus' name. And let's just all pray together. If there is someone in your family or someone that really is important to you, whether they're here or not, just as it were, put them in the palm of your hands. You can love more than one person. I don't mean from a marriage point of view. <laughs> but if you're a mother, you can love your son or daughter as well. Or your mother or your father or a very dear friend. So we put them in the palm of our hands and we lift them before the Lord. So this is your friendships, your family relationships. Lord, for the person we're thinking about now, for the one we pray for now, we ask you, Jesus, would you move on their hearts as you move on our hearts? And we pray the love of God would be poured out on them right now. And we pray, Jesus, that they would prosper and shine to become the person they were meant to be. And we pray, Lord, that we would love them in a wise, in an authentic, and in a life-giving way. Bless our friendship, our family relationship. Bless that special thing that we have. And may Satan's attack come to nothing in Jesus name may every relationship represented in this hall this morning know the blessing of God the touch of God and may all of our relationships be long term in Jesus name and God's people said we're going to keep singing the song can I invite you to come and take a packet of love hearts if you're a couple, take one each. Give them to the person you love or bring them home and give them to someone you love. Let's use Valentine's to show the people we care about that we love them in a simple little way. God bless you. Let's sing the song before we close. I am yours.
just going to sing this one more time. Can I ask everyone, put your right hand over your heart. Just for the week ahead. And we pray, Jesus, that each one of us would be closer to you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, than we ever have before. And that as we draw closer to you, our love for our partners, our families, our friends would be far greater than it ever has been as well. Protect our hearts this week. Keep us from the lies of the enemy. And may we be life-giving in all our relationships. And I pray we really would care about the ones we love. We surrender and commit our hearts this week to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Our atrium is open for coffee and tea. We're here for another half an hour before the next service. Don't forget Tuesday night. The guys are going to sing us out. God bless you. Here's my heart, Lord.